Yes, sir, people, the time of the evening uh, where you join us on the show Wasail Al-Alam Sadika, Truthful News, and Alhamdulillah. It was a Mufti A.K. Hussein uh, that told me, Shafaat, there is an interesting uh, topic here, and Alhamdulillah, it was our very own uh, Molana Bilal Katrada who had got in touch with the Mufti A.K. Hussein, and I said, no, Mufti Sahaba, you know, I know uh, Molana Bilal very well, and he's uh, well-known on many platforms that he's been uh, hosted, and he's also hosted his own shows, and mashallah, and uh, he's, uh, in, as in Urdu, they say, dunya baada mashur hai. And uh, recently, uh, Molana had a program on artificial intelligence, AI, how it will impact on the global Muslim community and uh, whether it will benefit or harm the global Muslim ummah. And uh, before we get to that, let me welcome you, the pious and sagacious ummah, and uh, Molana Bilal Katrada, with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Molana, tell me, how are you doing this fine, beautiful evening? Wa alaikum salam. I'm doing very well, alhamdulillah, Shafat, and you? Alhamdulillah, all the better to hear you. And, you know, when uh, someone conscientizes us and educates us, even better. And, you know, uh, may I also tell you people that our Molana is a uh, software engineer, award-winning uh, app developer, and the founder of IT Varsity, world-renowned, and also locally very, very popular. Molana, you know, just for the uh, uh, listeners, uh, you know, the new listeners, old listeners know your background. But, uh, you know, tell us about uh, what got you interested in uh, into IT and getting into this field of being, you know, a software engineer, and perhaps a little bit about, you know, your your academic qualifications as a Molana, Molana Bilal Katrada. Yeah, absolutely. I I was interested in computers from a very young age. I think I was about eight or nine years old when I got my first computer, and I started learning to write uh, computer code with it, doing little silly things like making video games and, and things like that. Uh, then I went to study at university. Uh, but in my third year, I decided to just uh, switch to Darul So I went to Springo Beach, Madrasa. And uh, towards the end, uh, I made my sure and my ustad suggested that I continue in the IT field that I you know, finished the degree. Uh, so after when I finished Madrasa, I was I was doing imamat um, in Empangeni. I was imam there for four years. I uh, I continued my studies. Unfortunately, I <laughs> I never completed. I went to my final year and I and I left it at that. Uh, and um, but Alhamdulillah, it's been a good career since then. I've lectured at university. I've been working as a software engineer. And like you said. Uh, I won the app award. I was actually a finalist in the second in another app award. Uh, so it's been quite interesting. You know, uh, Morana, what I find interesting is, uh, you know, everyone's uh, captured by uh, AI. I mean, if you're looking at these uh, phones you have, they are phenomenal. Some of these phones uh, that you have in your hands are more powerful than uh, the basic computer and so forth. And as, uh, you know, we are uh, progressing, you know, so-called progressing algorithms and so forth, you know, uh, we as Muslims are given the ideal opportunity of even doing dawah and talking about algorithms as a tool of dawah, you know, uh, al-Karurizmi and all that. Uh, you know, talk to us about that phenomenon. I mean, you're in that field and, you know, you being an alim also, uh, do you sometimes get that urge to tell your audience, you know what, who are the, 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 the you know, the algorithms, done for, if it was not for algorithms, we wouldn't be doing this, uh, Molana. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you touched on something that's, that's very close to my heart. You see, this, this whole idea of artificial intelligence, People think it's something 
something magical, but there's no magic in it. It's all algorithms, like you say. And an algorithm is a set of instructions to our computer. It's like a mathematical formula. You know, like in school, we used to learn area equals length times breadth. So you measure the room, you put the length of the room, the width of the room, and you get the area of the room. And that's, that's an algorithm. The whole concept of algorithm came from where? It came from the Muslim world. It came from an alim. An alim, 1,000 years ago, invented the concept of the algorithm. And that, that alim's name was Muhammad ibn Musa al-Kharizmi. And if you think about it, the word algorithm actually comes from his, his name, al-Kharizmi. So if you, if you take the, the z and you convert it into, into a z, like how they used to do in Latin, so it becomes algorithmi. And algorithmi, you drop off the last uh, i, and it just becomes algorithm. Not only algorithm, incidentally, he also invented algebra. You know, for those of yes. you who hate algebra in school, <laughs> this is the man that invented it. <laughs> so imagine, take a moment, Jafat, and, and the listeners, Take a moment to absorb the fact that today's artificial intelligence and today's entire body of mathematics is based on the the creations and the writings and teachings of an alim 1,000 years ago. Not some computer scientist, an alim. And that, I mean, that says something about the caliber of ulama that used to come out in those days also. Because he was he was a logician, he was a scientist, he was a number of things. So fast forward to a thousand years, that knowledge, that power came out from our hands as Muslim Ummah. Now we are recipients of it rather than creators of it. And that's a that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing for one main reason. And it hurts me for one main, 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 main reason. And that is because when the Muslim does things, he does it for the betterment of mankind because he's been instructed by Allah Ta'ala to make the world a better place, right? Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas. You're the best of ummats. Your responsibility is to mankind. So when Muhammad ibn Musa al-Khadizmi invented the algorithms, he didn't have a billion dollar valuation in his mind. He doesn't think I'm going to get rich, I'm going to buy one villa in the Mediterranean somewhere, I'm going to go and uh, retire. His whole life, he worked to solve problems, to make things easier for people. He came up with algorithms to make it easier for people to calculate, uh, to calculate things like uh, like uh, inheritance, maslas. And in doing that, he wrote so many books. But today, when you look around you, there's only one motivation, Shafat. Hmm. And that motivation is money. The motivation is not for your good or my good. It's not for making our lives better. It's money. The people funding all of these, I mean, you look at uh, ChatGPT, that's making all the, made all the recent headlines. Who's the funders behind it? All these, these venture capitalists. And these venture capitalists only know one thing. I put $1 in, I get $100 out. That's all I'm interested in. In other words, I'll pull the plug on you and on your on your on your product. I don't care how much good you're doing. I don't care who you're helping or who you're not. And I know people like this because I dealt personally with people like this in the past. And it was terrible. It's terrible how much they love money. How much they love yeah, you know, that's why they call themselves capitalists. When a Muslim does things, 
the benefit of it. And that's why I lament. That's why I feel very sad that this technology went out of our hands. But now I say to the new generation of Muslims, I say to the youngsters, the reason I founded IT Varsity, think of my institute, IT Varsity, as a Darul Uloom, mm. where you learn technology to bring that back into our ummah. We're trying to bring it back, what we lost. So that's what I, you know, when I go on radio and I speak to people, that's my appeal to everyone. Learn the technology. Don't shun it. Learn it, but become masters of it. Don't let it own you. You own it. So that's my, my purpose in life and basically my view on technology. You know, uh, when you talk uh, to Azza Molana Bilala, you know, uh, really, you take me back into Spain. You know, one of the, if you had to be an alim there, uh, you know, you ha- had to be a Hafiz al-Quran, uh, you had to know your jurisprudence, and uh, one of the things you had to know was your uh, mathematics, your accountancy, and so forth. And, uh, you know, even the Mu'azzin who gave the azan uh, during the, uh, the, the rule in Spain uh, had to have similar qualifications. And as you said, uh, we set a, uh, you know, we set a very high benchmark and slowly but surely, we allowed ourselves uh, to be uh, captured by laziness and not, uh, you know, doing uh, uh, the, the, the leadership position that Allah wants us as Muslims to be. You know, we are the best of Ummah. In best, in, we should be best in everything. We should lead and others uh, will be uh, following. But it seems as if, uh, you know, we have gone into the consumerism mode when we're looking at, uh, you know, all the rich Amaratis and so forth. Uh, I mean, they're buying the latest apps and, uh, you know, the, the, those cars, those... Uh, million dollar cars or the billion dollar cars all consumerism buying it from the west and uh, someone also said whatever the west spews up uh, i mean uh, we are lapping it up how do you rectify a situation like this uh, molana it's simple you go back to the hadith of rasulullah where rasulullah said you know that a day will come when my ummah will love the dunya more than they love the akhirat not the exact not the exact words of hadith uh, and today when you look at it, unfortunately, we, we measure ourselves on the things we have. Right, Jafat? Gee. So, Bilal got one Mercedes E-Class, mm. Shafat Mercedes S-Class. Mm. Everything we want to one-up. But that's a, that's a symptom. That's a symptom of a bigger problem. And the bigger problem is that we, we, we lost our way as an ummah. We lost our way with knowledge, with science, with technology. And we feel that emptiness inside us. And when you feel that emptiness, then you try to fill it with things. You want to buy things to, to, to satisfy yourself, to make yourself comfortable. So that's the problem. We, we shifted away from our purpose to serve mankind in any way possible. The doctor is supposed to be serving mankind through his skills. The teacher in his own way. The engineer in his own way. The computer scientist in his own way. Everybody needs to be serving. I mean, the, the, the star charts that Christopher Columbus used to discover America was created by Muslims. His navigator was a Muslim. So we were the leaders in pretty much every field. But unfortunately, you know, the, the the seat of power shifted, the seat of knowledge shifted to the West. Mm. But inshallah, very positive, it will come back. So we, how we bring it back is one, to remember our purpose, 
kondom gee jou om met die oogsie dat lie naas. Jy vind die best of omat, en jou purpose is lie naas. It's lie naas, it's for the betterment of mankind. So that's number one. Number two, to delve ourselves in knowledge. You know, we have the biggest library ever known to mankind in our pockets. But how much do we actually read in a day? Ask an average Muslim, how much do you read something factual, something non-fiction? And most people don't read. But yet you pull out your phone and you can go on Google and you can learn about anything. You can go on ChatGPT and learn about anything. Go on Kindle, Amazon, buy any book you want and read. So we need to bring that back, that love for knowledge. Alhamdulillah, you know, Rabbi Zidni Ilma, Allah increase me in knowledge. And Alhamdulillah, and uh, the first words revealed was Ikra, read. And, uh, you know, you said that uh, uh, very eloquently also. Then, uh, you know, you had this artificial intelligence um, uh, AI, how it will impact on the global Muslim uh, community and whether it will be of uh, benefit or harm uh, to the global Muslim. I like the topic and I believe and I know that it was a massive success. Uh, take us uh, through that, uh, you know, that evening that you had, uh, Molana. Yeah, Alhamdulillah, it was, it was a very, very good evening. There were a lot of uh, people across the spectrum. So there were parents, there were kids, and there was a whole bunch of youngsters that came from Adarulum also. And they, they, everybody wanted to know what is going to be the impact of AI on us. In fact, it's not just with Muslim audiences that I speak. I mean, this morning I had a, a presentation with the staff of City of Johannesburg, the municipality, and they want to know the same thing. On Monday, I'm in PE talking to some of the big um, conference organizers in the country. Same thing. What is going to be the impact going forward? What's going to be the impact of jobs? What's going to be the impact on work, on, on our family lives, etc.? So, alhamdulillah, you know, people turned out. But not only that, but uh, subsequent to that, I got like 12 to 15 invites in uh, Joburg and some in Cape Town also to come and speak on the on the same topic. Uh, I'm also speaking at two educational conferences that are coming up later this year on the exact same topic uh, in people to know what artificial intelligence is like. Is it going to be good for us? Is it going to be bad for us? Is it going to be positive or is it going to be... Uh, destructive, and uh, we had some good uh, discussions. There were some very, very interesting questions that came across from the audience, and all in all, I learned a lot also about what's what's worrying people in the space of AI. Indeed, uh, what you said about the audience, and uh, you know, you learn from the audience, and uh, some of those are things that are worrying. What are the worrying factors uh, for the or the audience, or you know, the parents for the youngsters uh, when it comes to AI, Morana? Well, okay, first, first and foremost, right? Is it going to be good for us, or is it going to be bad for us? Now, remember, if it was a Muslim behind this artificial intelligence, if it was a person who is uh, firmly grounded in the principles of our religion, then you know 100% it'll never be used for anything evil. Unfortunately, that age of Muslim scientists ended, and then it, you know, it came to this modern, modern Western uh, ideologies where people just want money and power. I mean, here's a good example. Right now, there's, there's a very, very popular movie out called Oppenheimer. It's about 
uh, the guy that invented the nuclear bomb. And that same nuclear bomb was used to murder something like 300,000 innocent, non-combatant Japanese people in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So I, I look at this with so much irony. Here's a man who invented a mass killing machine and murdered 300,000. Okay, in all fairness, he didn't kill them himself, but it was his invention that did that. But today, in retrospect, they are glorifying this person. They are glorifying his life and his actions. Isn't that ironic? For mm. a scientist, that would never have been the case. A Muslim would have never made something for pure destruction. But coming back to the, the, the topics the other night. So the idea was that we can ask one of two questions. I started off with this. I started by saying, ask one of two questions. One is a victim question and one is a master question. So you only got a victim or a master. The victim question is, how is AI going to affect our ummah? That's a victim question. The master question is, how is our ummah going to impact AI? You see the difference now? Mm. The difference, we are taking ownership. The AI is not locked in somebody's vault only for certain people to use. It's, it's widely available, freely available. You and I can sit together and write an AI together. I even showed the audience some AI algorithms that I wrote myself. It's there for everybody. But our stance is what's going to determine whether this thing is going to be good or bad for us in the future. If we're going to be passive and say, we wait, we'll see what happens. Mm. I promise you that thing's going to turn against us. But as long as we take a positive stance and we ask ourselves, if Bilal asks himself, and Shafat asks himself, and the listeners ask themselves, what good can I do with this? How can I benefit mankind with this technology? When you put yourself in that mindset, then Allah Ta'ala sends that, 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 that inspiration to your mind and He guides you because your niyat is sah now. And your niyat is for the betterment of mankind. Allah Ta'ala guides you and gives you success. So I told the, the audience, be careful of that. Keep our niyat straight and think about positive aspects of it, how we can take ownership. Of course, there are the dangers, no doubt. We need to protect ourselves. No? The other thing I spoke to them about very, very seriously, Shafat, was this. A lot of times I get asked on radio and TV and interviews and newspapers and talks, will AI come alive? You know, because people have read in one book somewhere, in one novel somewhere, or they saw in one movie somewhere, and the AI came alive and started destroying human beings. So I said, by first and foremost, go back to the Quran, the answer is there. The answer is in the Quran. The answer is here, where Allah Ta'ala says, yes, When people came and asked Rasulullah Islam, what is the ruh? What is the soul? And Allah Ta'ala said, the ruh is the command of Allah Ta'ala. That's why between a living person and a dead body, they're identical. There's no difference. But the one is dead. Why? Because the command of Allah Ta'ala was taken away. Mm. So, the 
conscious as for something to come alive, it needs the command of Allah. Now for these uh, computer scientists out there, they have the fantasy that one day the AI will come alive. For them, that will be the greatest thing because they'll be like God's mouth. We should not fall into that trap. Our Akhita says that life, consciousness, only comes from Allah Ta'ala. So this AI will never... It's, even if you look at it, it's only lines of code, it's only algorithms. How can something like that come alive? But people think, you know, because ChatGPT is so capable, so powerful, but it's still lines of code. It's still computer algorithms. I can give you a two-hour lecture on how ChatGPT works, and then it'll dawn on you that there's nothing particularly special about this. It's just that it's got a lot of, lot of data. I mean, think about you and I having a conversation, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm using all big words. I'm using big, big words. And you're getting amazed. This guy must be such a learned person. But meantime, I've got one, one dictionary on the side, one thesaurus, <laughs> with all the words. And I'm saying, Shafat, you're remarkable, superb. And you're just getting rough. You're thinking, this, this guy is so clever. So Chad GPT was trained. Let me let me tell you something fascinating. It was trained by human beings with 175 billion data points. Hmm. Now, what are data points? It means words, phrases, um, sentences, figures of speech. For years and years and years, they trained it. And now it, it talks like that. It's got so clever. But it's been trained. So how it's been trained is what it's, uh, what it's uh, is telling us now. So that's the, that's the second thing that we spoke about uh, that night. Now, alhamdulillah, you know, uh, Mulana Bilal, as you talk to me, and I'm uh, recalling, uh, you know, uh, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, saying something to this effect, that, you know, uh, Aisha radiallahu anha uh, told him, uh, Ya Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you have uh, said that, you know, everyone is uh, born with, uh, you know, shaitan, with a shaitan. And she said, uh, uh, you know, what about uh, your shaitan? Where is it? You know, what is it? He said, you know, in my case, I've converted my shaitan into a, a Muslim. And whilst you're talking, I was thinking about, uh, you know, the technology, the apps, I mean, robotics, and, uh, you know, in, in future, I don't know if you read that article where they say you can even buy a bride and astaghfirullah and, you know, men, uh, uh, they're pushing men to such an extent that, you know, they won't marry, they'll be having robotics, all this and that. But ma'azallah, it's going to come. But here's a technology, and you so eloquently uh, says it, uh, said it again, that, uh, you know, capture it and, uh, you know, use it for the good of mankind. Otherwise, you know, Mr. Evil and, uh, you know, the evil jinn and uh, Mr. Shaitan, uh, you know, Iblis uh, will uh, capture you and uh, take you straight into Jahannam, uh, Maulana. 100%, 100%. It's the same with everything. It's the same with everything, right? Use it right and it'll be a means for your, 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 your najat. It'll be a means for you getting rewards from Allah Ta'ala and going to Jannah. Use it the wrong way and it'll be evil. Take anything in life. Take a knife, for example. Such a useful thing. Make kurbani when you cut fruits, cut food, eat. Take the same knife when hurt somebody and it instantly becomes an evil thing. So it's not the, it's not the, the, the tool. It's the hand that's holding it and the intention of the mind that's, that's doing all that. So it's the same with technology. For me, when I look at technology, when I look at 
the internet, artificial intelligence, I think about only one thing so far. How can I use this to educate people? How can I take knowledge and education to the poorest people who have no chance of going to university, who have no chance of, of studying and making anything of their lives? How can we benefit those people? Another person might think about it like, how can I use this to, uh, to, to cure people who are sick? You know, I was speaking to a doctor. He can, he can operate on patients. He's in Newcastle. He can operate on patients while in Joburg mm-hmm. with robot hands. Imagine with robot hands. The robot is in, in Johannesburg. And this guy is in Newcastle. He puts his hands in the gloves and he controls the robot and he can do operations. In time, people who don't have access to health care will now have access to health care. How, how beautiful this would be. Education, health care, facilities, everything that people need, technology is going to make it possible. For me, I think the OMA should be pumping billions, billions of dollars into infrastructure like that. Let's put on small campus in every little village, the ship's container. You know, a ship's container with classrooms inside, with uh, a classroom with computers and a whiteboard and everything. But they connect the internet and invite people from the community to come and learn. How nice that would be, inshallah. Inshallah, very noble idea indeed. And uh, whilst you're talking, Bolana, my, my mind starts swimming in a pool of thoughts also. You know, we talk about uh, the lithium battery, we talk about energy, and we are prone to uh, load shedding in this country. And you know what it does as soon as your uh, internet is down and you say, oh, have I got an inverter and you want to power it up? Uh, looking at artificial in- intelligence, I mean, uh, without electricity and perhaps uh, without these inverters and all that, if all that disappears, what happens to artificial uh, artificial intelligence uh, da- uh, there, Molana? Oh, then it's dead in the water. <clears throat> no electricity, all that, uh, all the technology is is, is nothing. It's just, uh, it's just dead in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, you really think of all that uh, getting there. And, you know, uh, something that's come to the fore is uh, cybercrime. And, you know, cybercrime affecting, you know, people that have money in the banks, uh, affecting countries uh, that are having wars are fought uh, like uh, through cyberspace. Uh, talk to us about that phenomena. Oh, yeah, that's very important. So our, our lives are permeated with technology nowadays. Right? Uh, and sometimes we, we, we don't realize, you know, it's like you said, only when the power goes off, then we realize what we're missing. So inside we look ourselves, our children, be exposed to this technology. Here's a good example. Everybody's putting these, uh, these CCTV cameras that are connected to the internet. So you could be gone for Umrah, you could be gone for a holiday. You can switch it on and look on your phone, what's happening in your property. Do we ever think... Or what will happen if the wrong people get into that? They'll be able to see inside your house. Mm. Or if they can get into your alarm system, because now my alarm system, I can I can switch it on and off from anywhere in the world. Now, it's not just that, but our social media, our our camera applications, our um, image galleries, we don't realize how much of sensitive information is in all of this. The last thing you want is that to end up in the wrong hand. So we need to be very particular about cybersecurity. In fact, every individual, to an extent, 
child, parent, professional, everybody, businessmen, everybody needs to be a cybersecurity expert in their own right. Just like we know, when we park our car and we're going to the shopping center, what we do? We lock the car, make sure the windows are closed. Then we walk six steps, we'll come back and check, did I really lock it? They'll check the handle. Mm. And nobody jam my remote. Then they'll go inside the mall, they'll be thinking again, did I lock it? Did I close the windows? Why? Because we understand the risk. It's the same when we, when we at home, right? We lock our doors and windows at night, we switch off the alarm, then we go and do another check. But when it comes to cybersecurity, we don't understand the potential risk. And so we... We underestimate it. We don't learn how to keep ourselves safeguarded and protected. For example, we don't know what is a good message and what is a spam message. So an email comes and says, for example, hey, Shafat, this is the First National Bank. Uh, your account is going to be closed unless you click on this button here to log in. And you'll be trying to go click on the button, put your login credentials, Meantime, that's somebody else's page. It's not FNB at all. People get caught up with that. People keep getting caught up with things like that all over the place because they haven't learned. And they say, well, no, well, all this technology is too hard for me. It's not. It's your responsibility, right? It's everyone's responsibility to keep themselves safe. Use proper passwords. Make sure you're not using, uh, you're not opening uh, suspicious emails. Make sure you're not downloading things from dodgy websites. Now, people like doing that. They go to dodgy websites and they download uh, movies and series and video games. But you don't know that with that, what you, whatever you're downloading, there's a bug. There's a bug hidden inside there. Mm. And that's coming on your computer and it's exposing your whole computer to criminals. And next thing you, you, you know, you're checking your account, something has gone wrong. The money is missing. Meantime, you downloaded that bug onto your own machine. So we need to be very careful about things like that. Everybody needs to be a cybersecurity expert. And that's not difficult. It's very, very easy. As long as, yeah, as long as we got Molana Bilal Katrada there, hey, you can be, uh, yeah, forearmed and forewarned. And, you know, uh, Molana, you know, maybe you can explain this to us. You know, when you open up an app or you want to even read an uh, innocent article or a newspaper article, and they will say, we and our partners uh, may start or, uh, you know, or access uh, non-sensitive information on a, you know, on a device, uh, or, you know, talking about cookies and so forth, and to process uh, data, example, IP address, etc. And they go on telling you, giving you conditions. And if you don't press accept, you can't read the article. Talk to us about that, uh, Molana. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of these sites, they use uh, cookies to track you. Mm. Right? So this is how it works. You go on Google and you do a search for Toyota Corolla, for example. Maybe you're just thinking of buying one Toyota Corolla. Do you notice next thing you go on Facebook, is on, there's adverts for Toyota Corolla. You go on Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. People are advertising Toyota Corolla to you. You open up your email, you see one advert on the top there, Toyota Corolla. How do they know that? They know that because 
when you go to certain websites, you put a cookie on your computer. A cookie is a computer file with some information. This is Shafat's computer hmm. on uh, this day, whatever date, Shafat did a search for Toyota Corolla. Now that cookie stays on your on your computer. So anybody that comes in, they can read it. They can say, hey, you know what? Uh, any any website you visit, they pull out the cookie and say, oh, this guy is looking at Toyota Corolla. Okay, let's stream adverts for Toyota Corolla. And so they they, um, they advertise to you. But cookies are not altogether bad things. Cookies are a good thing because they allow websites to store information, useful information on people's websites. So, so we, we use cookies. My website, the IT Varsity website, uses cookies, good cookies, uh, just to, uh, to store val- valuable uh, information. Like, say, for example, if you come to our website and you're searching for something and your power goes out, the next time you come, the website will know what you are looking for because the information was stored on a cookie on your on your computer. You know what I mean? Hmm. So we must be careful. Now that they give you the option to accept cookies or not to accept cookies, it's up to you as an individual. Do you want to accept them? Yes. But if you don't want to accept them, go to another website where you can get that information. You're not, you're not forced to, to accept them. But the the only cookies that you can you can uh, you must always reject is what they call tracking tracking cookies. When those start, uh, those those are used to track all your movements across all the websites you visit. And you don't want people doing that to you. Mm. So you must. So yeah, that's so much about cookies. I mean, we can talk a lot more. Mm. But- uh, Gee, Molana, you know, uh, what I'm thinking of, uh, I mean, many of my uh, friends, even uh, my learned friends, I say, but you know, Chef, when I go onto my uh, phone and all of a sudden all this uh, filthy stuff starts coming in and, you know, the the man's intention is not to have these things in front of him. And, you know, suddenly maybe whilst he's going through, uh, you know, innocently looking for articles and suddenly, you know, the wife walks in and she says, what are you watching? And he uh, he tries to explain to her, you know what, this just came in, it just popped up. Uh, you know, uh, conscientize us on that, and uh, perhaps uh, you know our women folks are l- listening this uh, evening. Uh, you know, maybe you can uh, give them an explanation also, Molana. I'm not, I'm not giving explanations for any guilty husband. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop it. First and foremost, by stop looking at all that because that thing is hurting your 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 uh, your mind and your emotions. That's a different thing, right? But you, you actually touched on a very, very important topic about social media that we discussed that other night. <clears throat> My voice is acting a bit funny. No, I know that. Uh, that's why I, 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 I'm so worried. I'm telling Molana, must I cut you down to 30 minutes or 40 minutes so that, you know, I know I'm, I'm you actually, uh, is it a Zulum on you this evening, Molana? <laughs> Sorry? Is it a Zulum that we are pushing you to do the interview? I'm enjoying it. Okay. You know, I I, I always enjoy you. That's why I, you know, I told you, you and I, you know what, we're just made to tune with each other and, you know, to to, uh, conscientize. Go ahead, Molana. I mean, as I said, yeah, that's an important topic when, uh, yeah, the wife walks in and she sees the husband, innocent husband who didn't want to see that thing, but it's there. Go ahead, Molana. Yeah, no intention. No intention like that. So, see, this this is what I call but the time we're living in is the algorithm culture where 
when you go on social media, right? <clears throat> Let's say a person goes on Instagram Reels or on TikTok and goes to the For You page and you're watching those videos there. So who's putting those videos there for you? Who's selecting those videos for you? Who's saying that Bilal is now on TikTok? Let's see. Mm-hmm. Let's show him this video. Let's show him that video and show him that video. So every time he swipes his thumb, he's getting a new video. Now, the who there is an artificial intelligence. So what it does is, when you go on TikTok for the first time ever, for example, it will start showing you videos. It will show you something about fashion, something about technology, something about sports. It will show you a picture of some women because he knows you're a male now. And then it sees which ones you linger on, which ones you spend time on. Mm-hmm. So if you spend time on the video, and it knows, keep that in mind, it knows how long you spend on each video. It's monitoring your every movement, not just whether you like it or not. So this this guy is looking at technology, coding. Now every time he goes on TikTok, that algorithm already learned it. See, machine learning, it learns stuff. So it's learning your habits, it's learning your behavior. So it sees this guy is only looking at coding stuff, literally more coding stuff. Oh, it actually gets more clever than that. It says, this guy, from 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock every day, he's looking at coding stuff. After 5, he's looking at sports, sports videos, or animal videos, or cat videos, or whatever. So the algorithm, it sharpens itself up. And then during the day, it will show you all work stuff. Same app, same algorithm. During the day, you see work stuff. Whatever your job is, whether you're in, you're in electrical or trucking or plumbing or computer science, whatever. Come evening, it will show you all your entertainment stuff. Now you want to see what this uh, sports team is doing and what that what uh, that sports team is doing. It shows you that. Now, there's two things happening here. One is the algorithm is guiding you. It's learning about you. It's, it's taunting you with different temptations. And the other thing that's happening is that you are training the algorithm. So one of two things will happen. If I'm looking for stuff about, about computers and coding, and it shows me pictures of girls now, for example, and I start looking at that. Now that I'm says, I got this along. I'm going to show you more of that. And it'll keep showing you more of that. Now what happened in that case is the algorithm trained you. On the other hand, if it shows you something, you quickly swipe it out. Quickly swipe it out. The algorithm learned that it doesn't like this. If it shows you again, flag it. Say, I don't like this. This is not relevant to me. Now, in that case, see when I told you earlier, victim or master. Master. Hmm. When I now TikTok or Instagram, I get stuff about business and digital marketing and technology and coding and artificial intelligence. Another person will go, you get things about movie and sports and girls and everything. Why? Because the algorithm is either training us or retraining the algorithm. And that's why I say these things can be very good or they can be very bad, depending on how you, how you use them. 
No, absolutely brilliant there, Molana. And as you said, you can be the victim or the master and it's all uh, in your hands and you become a, a victim and then you end off in disaster, people. But, uh, you know, Molana, as uh, we look at all these uh, different types of uh, whispering under the wasvisu that comes through and it, uh, eventually it's in our hands. But, uh, you know, why is it that so many people have becoming uh, have uh, been addicted uh, to these uh, different types of, uh, you know, platforms. And uh, some of them, you know, uh, 24-7, they already, they're on their WhatsApp, they're chatting, uh, the, some are busy uh, keyboard warriors and so forth. You know, why does this addiction come? There? Is it something that, you know, a message is being given from the other side, you know, making you a victim of addiction to uh, maybe this uh, social uh, media? What's your thoughts on that, Molana? My thoughts, uh, my thoughts on that, Chakmati, is this. People are falling prey to it. They're becoming addicted because they don't understand the addictive nature of this technology. You see, a lot of this technology has been designed to be addictive. And I was reading something very interesting the other day. You've got Netflix, which does TV shows, like mm. movies and series. Who is, who is Netflix's biggest competitor? Remember Netflix shows, movies yeah. and series. I'm not promoting any of that. I, don't get me wrong here. I'm using this as a business example. Who is Netflix's biggest competitor? Now, people might say, uh, it's another streaming service like, like Disney or something like that. But surprise, surprise, Netflix's biggest competitor is TikTok. Mm. So now you must be surprised. Why TikTok? TikTok doesn't show movies and series. They only show short videos, three-minute videos, three-minute videos, three-minute videos. What's the, what's the relationship between them? And the answer is this. <clears throat> there is something in those short-form videos that there's a part of our brain that gets triggered. That a similar part of the brain gets triggered when we take drugs. And the pleasure, the pleasure center of the brain gets triggered because when you watch that video, it's short. It's full of con- content, full of color, full of, full of light, music, whatever. So the brain gets hyper-stimulated. And then you swear, swipe, and there's another one. And your brain gets more, more hyper, uh, hyper, um, um, uh, uh, sensitive. Um, and then you put another one and another one. So what happens over time is that your brain becomes addicted to that feeling, that 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 that, that excited feeling, that pleasurable feeling, and so you want to watch more and more and more and more of those videos. Basic um, human instinct. There. You know, the best example I can think of is that moth that goes towards the light. Mm. Now we as human beings, we think, but what is wrong with that moth? The being is going to go and it's going to meet its doom there. It's going to die. But it'll still go. You push it away, it'll still go. So with this technology like this, with the short-form videos, it draws our brain in like a moth and we get absorbed. And I promise you, I was speaking to one Muslim youngster. He says, he says, Bilal, I spend at any given time, I spend five hours in a stretch on TikTok. Hmm. Five hours. Five hours. Now how heartbreaking that is to hear. How much of this Muslim's time is getting wasted in that? You could have done so many other things in five hours. 
but he doesn't realize how the time is going. That's what he said. Because then he got him drawn in. So now, when we are using the technology, I I can't say don't use the technology. It's there. People are using it. I got three advices for everybody using this tech. Number one, use it. Don't let it use you. Let me give you an example. My own example. I'm on TikTok. I got a very, very, very uh, busy TikTok account. If you go to Ampilar Cabs, you'll see me there. I got like 35,000 followers. I only speak about business, technology, how to better our lives with the technology, all of that. But all I do is I record my videos. There's a lady I send it to. She edits it. There's another lady who posts it. They post it. So I post my videos. And then I go and I check the comments. What are people saying? What questions are people asking? And then I answer those questions. That's it. So use it. There's a lot of good that needs to be said. Spread our being. Teach people something. Benefit others. People are, are out there hungry for that knowledge. First. Second, what we mentioned in the previous discussion, train the algorithm. Don't let the algorithm train you. Train the algorithm to only show you good and wholesome stuff. And there's a lot of good and wholesome stuff there. I won't lie about it. There's a lot of good and wholesome. You know, when I'm researching one book I'm going to read next, I go to social media because that's where you get terrific advice. So I'll go and say, well, okay, you know, this is a very good book by this author, Shafat. It's a philosophy. I'll go and buy the book and I'll read it. So you can do research there. Number three, be very aware, be very conscious of the time you're putting into that. Because it's like gambling, you know, when you when you go into it, next thing you 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 spend thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand, you don't know how much money you spend. Here yeah, you're gambling with your time. It sucks you in it absorbs you completely. You don't even know how much time is going. You can use your your device. I know iPhones have this capability where it gives you a warning when you're spending too much time in the app. So set that warning. 15, 20 minutes, half an hour plus. Once you're done, take that phone, put it down, put the face down, and go take a walk. Then read some namaz, make some bitter, whatever, think about, think about life and death, but put that thing away. You know, Maulana, that is that is such a beautiful advice, and you know sometimes I mean in you know in our profession as a broadcaster and being on uh, you know different platforms, I do a lot of research, and sometimes you know I just put it aside and I say what are you doing and what are you doing, and I'm not doing anything wrong because I'm just get, doing my research for my politics and you know my doctors and medical show and a show like yourself, and um, but I still feel guilty. I said all this time I could be using for my ibadah, which I you know uh, Alhamdulillah by the grace of Allah I'm uh, very addicted to. But uh, you get that guilt feeling. But what's going through my mind as we are talking, I'm worried about the youngsters uh, that are addicted to these, uh, you know, these uh, PlayStation and uh, 4 and 5, and they're addicted to these uh, gaming, and there's so many gamers around. And you notice uh, when the pamphlets come around, especially for gamers, they have uh, brand new monitors, they even uh, lovely chairs for them, and, you know, the, the consoles and so forth. But we find not only, uh, you know, we call them lighties, but men are addicted to that, and uh, which is impacting on their 
family life. I mean, the men that are addicted to these types of gaming and, uh, you know, living a world of virtual reality. Uh, Morana Bilal, how would you react to that? Now, the, the, the easy answer is this, that they are, they are <coughs> finding fulfillment in that. Let's put it that way. These people are not making anything. I, mean, I know that I sound harsh. Hmm. I know I'm going to sound They're not achieving anything in the real life. They're escaping. They're escaping to where? The virtual life. Because they're in that video game. This guy is riding a horse. Holding a sword, he's killing a dragon, he's, he's killing zombies, he's got a machine gun, killing aliens. It gives him a certain sense of satisfaction. Watcha. It gives him a feeling like he's accomplishing something. But in his everyday life, with his work, his life, his children, his wife, he's not achieving anything. So it's a natural way to escape into that fantasy world. And it's a place where he gets that stimulation he wants. But like I said, if we use our time properly, if we use our faculties, our intelligence, we do things in the real world that challenge us. Go take your friends one evening, go and play ball. Take a book and start reading. Take a take some one interesting podcast. Go like us on our website, download a podcast, listen, expand your knowledge. You feel a sense of fulfillment over there. Go to an online college, study one course. You feel fulfillment over there. You did something. You accomplished. But instead, they look for the easy way out. And the easy way is to go play with the Donkey Kongs over there. Oh, I killed Donkey Kong. I'm so clever. I'm so good. Mm. What, what you got? What you got? Yeah, Mila house, man. The dunya Mila and Mila. Nothing. Both sides you lost. Yes, sir, Mila. Making a lot of sense. And I uh, hope, uh, you know, those that are addicted to that, that, uh, you know, better get out of it because you're wasting your life and you're wasting, you're selling, uh, you know, your Akhira away. And, you know, we're talking about uh, uh, militarization of, uh, you know, AI earlier on. We touched on that. But it has, uh, you know, simply uh, has uh, implications of uh, global uh, security and warfare. We talk, spoke a little bit of cyber warfare. What I want to know from you is, uh, you know, when you look at this, uh, the microchips and so forth, we know that uh, Taiwan uh, is one of the biggest producers. Uh, we believe that America wants to get into that. And they have made an, a replica of the same factory and they are actually recruiting uh, workers from that factory to come to America. I think it's in Florida to come and uh, start this uh, microchips uh, things and so forth. Um, you know, Muslim countries, how do we fare when it comes to, you know, technology, even they talk about the Silicon Valley, where they talk about uh, the Americans going out to India and recruiting uh, these, uh, you know, these scientists and not to come and work at NASA and so forth. What's your take on that? And uh, perhaps, you know, if you have any statistics on uh, Muslim countries uh, that are getting AI savvy, uh, Molana? Yeah, um, um, so sadly, we, we're not on high Mm. We are not on par with America and China, but there are glimmers of hope all over the place. If you look at Turkey, for example, Turkey is very advanced with AI and technology. I mean, this year they launched that TCG Anadolu, the biggest uh, world's first drone carrier. You know, you've got aircraft carriers. Turkey has got a drone carrier now. It's a ship, the massive ship that carries autonomous drones. They can take you to anywhere in the world and launch those drones. And those drones are all self self-driving, uh, basically self-flying, artificial intelligence uh, uh, control. So that's, that's 
very, very encouraging. It's the only one of its kind in the world. And I think there's a lot more going to come out. They are, there was talk of technology similar to chat GPT coming out in some of the Arab countries. And I, I, I hope to see more of them. It's still small, but we are getting there, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, and you know, a man like yourself uh, conscientizing the Ummah in uh, South Africa. And Alhamdulillah, you know, as uh, you have a uh, double assurance of uh, being an academic, uh, being an alim, and uh, you know, many uh, uh, resonating positively with you. Uh, I mean, you were right in my hometown, Sapingo Beach, and the uh, Talimuddin, uh, Mufti uh, Ibrahim Salaji, his uh, brother Ismail Salaji. I mean, I'm very close. I used to actually eat in uh, in that home. Because the father, the late uh, Mahmoud Salaji, Allah Felis Kabulud Noor, uh, used to call me the adopted son of the family. So, Alhamdulillah, I took a lot of uh, du'as from them. And, you know, you're talking about uh, the artificial intelligence. I remember when I was uh, working with Sheikh Ahmadidat as his editor. And, you know, at that time, he was so advanced. You know, he, he took in technology. And uh, you know what I'm talking about, the video technology. And then we went on to... I, I remember when uh, I was in, in uh, doing the Al-Burhan, and one day SABC or uh, even Mnet walked in and they said, you know, you are so advanced. We don't even have these equipment in our studios. But look at the baraka of, you know, the vision D that had. Today he's in his cover. But if you go onto that uh, YouTube, thousands and thousands of people are watching it and accepting Islam. Talk to me about that phenomenon, Monana. So let me, let me tell you a story direct from the horse's mouth. When I was on campus, uh, this was 1993. Uh, one, I was in Westville campus. Yeah. And one day, who come to give a bayan there on a Friday? None yeah. other than Sheikh Lidat himself. So you know how he is larger than life character with a black suit of his <laughs> and white shirt. And so he was walking. I said, let me go and needle him a little bit. Typical university student. So I went up to him. I said, Sheikh, you know, you get a lot of criticism for being on TV all the time for all your video recordings and all that. What do you say to it? So he asked me a question. He says, you know who I am? I said, yeah, you should do that. He says, you know what I do? I said, yes, you, you, you speak about comparative religion. You take on all the, all the party sects and all these funny thoughts and ideas. So he asked me, you know, in his typical style, how do you know that? How do you know who I am and what I do? <laughs> so I said, because I saw you on video. He said, enough. <laughs> I killed you, hey. TKO. <laughs> la, la, la. Pilal, that was a TKO, eh? Yeah, he was, uh, he was something. He was something. I, 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 up till today, you see his videos coming up on social media, and it's still a pleasure to watch. But the, the, the fact remains, what he was trying to say was that I'm not using the technology for anything bad. Mm-hmm. I'm using it for propagation of Dean, and you know me which means that millions of other people in the world know me also through this technology. So why criticize me for it? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's different points of view, and we respect all of that. Yeah, gee. You know, uh, Bilal, uh, you know, I, I was the first one to write a book on that. I called it My Golden Handshake, or My Amadi That. And Alhamdulillah, you know, subsequently in Africa, it was a sellout. And I believe the Arabs uh, took it translated into Arabic. And I gave every cent for Zawa, Bilal. As you told me, you know, we're not here to make money. And someone told me, hey, but Shaf, you're a halibur. I said, why? Then you could have been a millionaire now. I said, hey, I want to meet my creator. Like, you know, how D that was. He made all those millions. But uh, when he left this dunya, he was, you know, 
he just went simply he just had that vw golf you know bilal what a beautiful conversation with you uh time is off uh you know well hey you one hour is nothing but uh, perhaps your parting words uh, this evening yeah my parting words to the ummah is this learn this technology become the masters of it don't let it own, own you you own it and use it for the propagation of deen remember allah ta'ala gave us all the responsibility to propagate deen speak against zulm speak about good things enjoying what is good forbid what is evil use technology to do that don't don't waste your life and your time with that jazakallah khair bilal katrada molana bilal katrada inshallah uh, we'll make a date every month and uh, we'll discuss uh, something uh, new on uh, uh, you know on it on ai and so forth allah keep you allah bless you may your voice uh, recover fully inshallah assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh yeah, apologies if, uh, you know, you found our Molana a bit softer. You know, I couldn't tell him, hey, raise your voice because I picked up, you know, they, he did have, a, you know, a problem with that. But I must uh, thank you all uh, for tuning in to Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'a. Thank you very much, Lukalo, for great engineering. From the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.